Hello out there into internet land and welcome to everybody who uh, makes time to tune into the podcast. We're always glad to have you. In fact, we think it's amazing that uh, you would want to take uh, 25 minutes to 35 minutes or however long these usually end up being and spend it with us. And uh, we are talking about something else amazing today, Amazing Grace. Uh, Dan, would you uh, lead us in a few verses? How sweet the sound, brother. How sweet the sound. Yeah, maybe it'd be sweeter if we if we don't sing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's it's funny. This this core is is one. You know, when you think about core beliefs and and fundamental elements of our faith and of Scripture, it's almost like wild that grace would be this deep into the into the list. Right, we're in core uh, forty five here, grace, and yet. A lot of uh, Core 52 has made its way through the Bible, starting in Genesis all the way through. And, you know, Ephesians, although we're not doing a passage out of Ephesians for meditation, the core verse this week comes from Ephesians and really just a fantastic bit of teaching on grace. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, it's, I think we talked about this a little bit more early on, uh, but in case you've uh, kind of forgotten, and, and odds are you've likely noticed anyway, that we are just working our way through the Bible, right? The core, first core was creation. Uh, spoiler alert, the uh, the last passage that we're going to be in is out of Revelation. And we've just been, uh, you know, working our way through. And again, uh, we're not talking about it. We're not meditating on it today. But that, uh, that verse in Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, um, not from yourselves, but it's the gift of God so that no one can boast. Man, if you highlight or underline your Bible, um, that's, that's a dandy. That's a, that's a, you know, if anybody had a question about, well, how are we saved? That's where, that's where we would start. And obviously there's other things that we've talked about throughout, but, uh, we're going to get into, uh, uh we're going to get into the, the passages here. And, uh, you know, we, we had a little conversation beforehand, uh, just to give a, a little bit of a heads up. We do, we do, our, we do our best to understand these are meditations on verses. So we really want to focus on these verses and what we can take out of them. And I know that I'm especially prone to like run and be like, well, can we just talk about the broader context for a minute? And in some of these, we just, we just kind of have to. Oh, absolutely. And look, I think even in meditation, it's, you know, it's important to know what we're talking about, right? The Bible, uh, hermeneutics is still important, Mm -hmm. even in meditation, right? And hermeneutics is just, understanding the Bible contextually, what it means. And, you know, the, and a dumbed down easy way to remember is it can never mean what it never meant to its original reader. And so we want to make sure that we understand what it's saying. And sometimes when you just, uh, it sounds derogatory to say it this way, but when you cherry pick one verse and just let it stand on its own and there's lots of merit, there's lots of ways you can go that are good ways. But I think it's important for us as we meditate on God's word, even in that to get it right. Even that, I say that's we talk about throwing around these these words out there. Hermeneutics just has to do specifically with interpretation, right? right? And so, where the Bible is often broad in application, it's narrow in interpretation, and that's why when sometimes we debate scriptures, like we're chasing rabbits early today, when somebody will say, "Well, you know, we were talking about truth just a while ago," and you know, you ever been talking to somebody about the Bible, and you're like, "Well, when you kind of look at this passage and." And especially when you're getting down to interpretation saying, well, like, you know, this was the context and they were writing to this demographic at this time and this is what was going on. And so, and somebody will, you know, be very stuck in what they think about it. And they say, well, that's your interpretation. As if we all get our own interpretation the same way as if we get our own truth. But that's not the way that it works. In those conversations, 
we're going to be gracious and we're talking That's about right. grace. We're we talking are. about grace. And it is amazing. And uh, the first passage that we're going to meditate on today comes from uh, Acts uh, 15, 11. And, and again, it just, uh, well, I'll just read it. But it, you drop right down in the middle of something here. So Acts 15, 11. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And it really just states that uh, we believe, you know, that we are saved by grace. And then, of course, that grace is applied to another. But it does beg the question, who is the other? Yes. Well, my, my uh, in the New International Version, starts with the word no. Hmm. Like, no, exclamation point. So, yeah, I mean, what, like, you're going to be looking at, well, what's what's the no to there? Well, read, read your, read your uh, the NIV there. The NIV says, no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved, just as they are. And so the, the passage here is a response, right? Where in Acts chapter 15, they're talking about Gentiles. And whether or not they should have to follow the law, whether or not they should, in essence, have to become Jewish first and, and follow all of the dietary code and, and you know, temple sacrifice. Right. When you say things. the law, you're talking about the 600 plus rules. That's right. 13, I believe. That's right. I was talking about following like the Old Testament law. And what he's saying there is why would we hang that on them? Why would we do that? Uh, and, and, and Paul even says when we couldn't even do it. That's right. Like we didn't have the ability. And so he's saying that where the law is good, the law is right, and they were following it as God's law or attempting to, it was able to point out their sin, but their inability to keep it made it so that it was never able to save them. And so he's saying, we believe that we're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, that being the Jews, and that the Gentiles are saved in the same way. And to expect them to, with no heritage, suddenly follow what the Jews, with all of their heritage and tradition, were unable to follow, is just not reasonable. It isn't. And and look, we can look at that, and we can point at that and say, yeah, that is that is unreasonable. Like, that's, mm -hmm. why would they do that? Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes when you when you look at somebody and you say, "What is wrong with them? Why would they do that?" That's a good opportunity for you to look at yourself and That's look right. at your own tribe, if you will, and say, "Is that something that that we do and don't realize it?" And look, the church does this sometimes, right? The church has been guilty of this. You know, mm -hmm. there, it's funny. I don't know how many times I've run into this, and I know you have too, where somebody gets the idea uh, that in order to come to Jesus, they got to get really cleaned up first, right? They got to fix mm -hmm. their own life so they can give it to Jesus, which is completely backwards, right? That we come to Jesus because we can't fix our lives. I wonder where they get that idea from that they have to right. get all fixed up in order to approach Jesus because their idea is well, Jesus lives in the sanctuary here in the church. And That's if I'm right. not good enough for those people, I'm definitely not good enough for him. And uh, man, God, God forgive us. God, like direct us and correct us if we ever are somehow becoming gatekeepers of his grace. Oh man. He, Jesus gives it to the Pharisees saying that you shut the gates of heaven in men's faces. And look, we need to do inventory because sometimes what can happen is, is in the church where, you know, we've been there for a while and there's a way things go and, you know, somebody's come in and, and look, not even just that they're visiting or checking it out, but let's say like we're talking about like the, the new believer. And, you know, 
they've said yes to Jesus and they've confessed him as Lord and they've surrendered to the waters of baptism and all the things that you have to do. And they're like, and, and somebody will say like, Oh my goodness. Like, did, did you hear like they they cussed, like they, they said a bad word. They said it in the church, you know, like in the, in the church building, uh, you know, that they, you know, they, they smoked. <laughs> I, I can't even get the thing out. They, uh, what is it? They, they drink, smoke, dance and chew and run around with girls who do yeah. still. And, yeah. you know, we, we forget that, you know, when we come to Jesus now, we're starting to become more and more like him. So, I mean, I would never dance now. No, you, you understand. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, again, it's just this idea of holding a standard uh, and and applying a a heritage and, and even a, a broader faith that was not, not a part of, of those people. It's, you know, we get into this, I find as, as the church and as Christians, even politically, right? Mm-hmm. Like where, you know, we will try to get non-believers to act as though they were believers right? and to follow, you know, I, I don't want to say rules, but I guess rules or directives mm-hmm. like that, that come from the Bible that come from being in Christ and look with, if you're not in Christ, it doesn't make a lick of sense to you without God's grace. It, it doesn't compute. That's right. It just doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, to, to mirror what was happening with uh, a lot of first century Jews is that then we'll also add on other rules, right? That we expect people to know and follow that actually aren't in the scripture, but they're kind of part of our, you know, tradition or heritage or how we do things. And, uh, you know, they ought to know that you don't wear just like a graphic t-shirt on the, on a Sunday, or you don't wear your ball <laughs> cap in the foyer, you know, just things like, I can't believe that's so disrespectful, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, hold people what they don't know and, and stuff that's just kind of, you know, added on. And, uh, I, I love that he, he reminds them that the same grace. And this is what we need to be right. Look, I point this as much at myself as anybody. You need to be reminded that the same grace that saved me, the same grace that saved, you know, the person who's 80 year olds in a church and, and they've been, uh, you know, a Christian for 76 of them, um, right. that the same grace that saves, you know, the, the, the nice family on the corner, the same grace that saves the drug addict, the same grace that saves the preacher, right? All the same. And look, that that is how we are saved That's by right. God's grace, by his gift of grace alone. We've talked about it before. It's not law. It's not law keeping, whether it's the, the laws that are obvious that are given in scripture or the laws of tradition that we make up along the way. And again, you know, we we're almost baffled by uh, these encounters that we have where people think, Oh, well, I, but I, you know, I have to be good enough or I haven't been good enough mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I don't know how all these things operate in church and all this stuff. And so I'm not a very good Christian. Right. And, and then we're like, where do you get this idea from? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, like, that's right. Like, we're just like, man, like it's, <laughs> it's about inviting people to have an encounter with our gracious God, not inviting them to be a part of our club and learn the secret handshake. That's like, right. You know, and our, and our next passage in Romans kind of helps move right into that because it kind of reminds us of something that I don't think that we forget on a conscious level, but sometimes just in the way that we act, maybe on a subconscious level, uh, it's Romans three twenty three, uh, which is for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now, we talked about this verse a little while ago saying that we don't want to dwell on that, where I think you said that, you know, we don't want to make that our life verse, that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and just lay down there and the woe is me. But at the same time, and what what you guys talked about this past week and what we're going to talk about on Sunday is it is important that you remember what you were. And sometimes we've been in church for a long enough time. We've been a Christian for a long enough time that we've forgotten what we were. But there was a time when we were dead in our transgressions. And this doesn't say for, for those who don't know Jesus have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says all. And in the Greek, it means all, (laughs) all, everybody has fallen short of God's glory, that God has a standard. And we didn't meet it. You didn't. I didn't. They didn't. He didn't. She didn't. Nobody made it. Okay. We all finished. We all finished in a dead heat tie for last. Okay. And fall short of God's glory. And so it is only by grace that we are justified. And it has to be freely because if you had 15 lifetimes, you couldn't earn it. So it has to be through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Right. Well, it's it's the gift of God. In the ESV, it says in verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift. Mm-hmm. Right? It, this is the whole idea that it is not of yourselves. And you have to understand that, you know, however good or bad you think you are, that the the blood of Jesus Christ is what was necessary. That's right. Right? And it wasn't more so for somebody that you think is worse than you. And it wasn't less so for somebody that maybe you think is better. That's right. right? It's this much blood for one and this much for another. All have sinned. Mm-hmm. Jesus died because of all of sin, of all of the people, past, present, future. That sin is covered by his blood and it's covered by that gift. And that gift was necessary because of that sin. And the gift or what is freely given implies... Uh, well, everything that a gift does, it's not based on, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't deserve it beforehand and you can't earn it afterwards. Right. That's right. That, and, and again, I think that's where we get caught up into all these extra rules that people think they have to follow when they come to Jesus. And, and look, it's, it's not like we're like trying to block the way. I think anybody would bristle and, and be, you know, hurt by the thought that maybe they had obstructed anybody from coming to Jesus. But, you know, sometimes I think we get hung up on, on our response. And that's really what it is. And, and I is like the way that, that we work out our faith and sanctification, right. Or what we call works or deeds mm-hmm. um, is always a response to his goodness, right? It's, it's not the root of our salvation. It's the fruit of our salvation. Yes. That's a good word. And, and I think you're right that there's a difference between responding to his grace and then trying to earn his grace afterwards. Mm. And I think that the that's revealed in the attitude of the heart, right? So, because I think when you've got somebody that's responding to grace, it's, it's you know, we're, we're so grateful for it that we're trying to make sure like, okay, I want to live a life that's worthy of the calling and I want other people to know. And sometimes when it's earning, it's like, I need to make sure I get all these things right and I better make sure that everybody around me gets it right too. And if anybody steps out, they ought to know because we're gonna, it's almost like, you know, we're going to get caught being bad, right? right? So I think that's, that's where it translates that way. And so, and that's where, you know, we often talk about majoring in the minors. Mm. 
like this, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So the Bible obviously has a ton to say about grace. We've got that big passage in Ephesians we preached out of. We've got a whole bunch of these ones here. There's more and more. We could talk all kinds about grace. So, so as a Christian, you could say, well, the Bible is very focused on grace. And so I should be very focused on grace. Okay. So that's over here. Bible says a lot about it. Very focused on it. And then we could take a look at it like, you know, a place where you could goof. Like, let's say bad language. The Bible actually has very little to say about what we would call cussing. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that you ought to, or that it's okay. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is you think about the amount of like, oh my goodness, to make sure that, that you don't say a bad word and nobody says a bad word and, and all this stuff, because it would just be so awful. And then sometimes the small amount that we focus on, like, you know, making sure other people know about the grace of Jesus. Don't say any bad words, but you know, you should also, everyone deserves God's love and grace and mercy. Well, look, we love to come down hard on struggles that we don't deal with. Yeah, right? yeah. Like if, if that's not your jam, well, then that's the kind of thing that we can't have, right? And then, I mean, I think there's over a hundred, there might be 170 or might be over 170 verses on the favorite Christian sin uh, in the church, which is gossip. Mm-hmm. One like, of the deadly sins. Yeah. yeah. One of the things the Lord hates. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, like you want to talk about the opposite of unity mm-hmm. that's that's coming up right like just just diffuses it but look we again i think in our effort to earn it it's which is an insane idea right, right. i mean you're talking about repaying something that you could not possibly even begin to think it's, about repaying it doesn't even make any sense but we think that well you know even in that as long as i earn it or deserve it more than that guy right like i'm I, I at least know I'm done more than than him to be worthy, right? Uh, on my and again, you can't be worthy on your own merit. That's the whole point. That's that's if if you were worthy of it, then grace is the wrong word. Okay, yeah, grace by its very nature is undeserved. Right. Okay, so grace is getting something which you do not deserve, something and then good. we've talked to. Right. Something good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, not, you got punched in the face. You didn't deserve. Let's go ahead. That's a, that's a decent caveat. The Ben Foreman story. That's right. So on the other side of the same coin is mercy, mm. right? And mercy is when you deserve something bad. We'll make sure we, we say this time when you deserve punishment or penalty right. retribution, and you, and you don't get it. Okay. Yeah. So to, to the idea of deserving or earning grace is antithetical to the definition of the word itself. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. Again, you know, and I don't dismiss the situations that bring it about, but, you know, when somebody's like, ah, how could God let this situation happen to me? Yeah. And I think every day we ought to be going, oh, how could God possibly make a way, like, by giving his own son? Why would mm-hmm. he do that? Like, you should be so gobsmacked, just astonished, mm-hmm. in, in literal awe, of that, that like all the time, that it certainly right. pales in compare. And again, that's not to diminish the human existence, the human condition. And, uh, you know, there's certainly lots of things that cause us to lament, but. No, absolutely. But I, I, I wish I could remember who said it, but, um, you know, they said that we, we shouldn't marvel that there's only one way to God through Jesus Christ. Hmm. We should marvel that there's a way at all. Right. That was me. I said that. You said that. Um, that was you. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. was Ben Foreman trademark. 
Okay, there no, you go. Well, that that was gonna, not me, by the way. If Robert. you're going to quote somebody, then there you go. We'll yeah. go ahead and give give Ben the credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is my motto. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I think that before we get too far unraveled, uh, maybe you should move on to the to the third one. Oh, I read the third one. Man, I'm that's unraveling it. bad. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, all right. Yeah, I, I need to call out. Uh, hey just man, like in Romans. We'll, be gra- we'll be gracious with you because hey. it's it's gracious for everybody. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Romans ten thirteen says, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." And of course, this is people people who call out to the Lord, claiming His grace. And and again, you know, this is another one that's kind of happening in a broader context. That's right, because and, and it's and it's similar, right? Like. It's, it's, Paul is saying beforehand that there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all, and he richly blesses all those who call on him. That this is for everybody. And again, I, I don't think that we start out this way. And I think that you do your best to, again, give grace. I don't think people are malicious for the most part. I think a lot of times we're well-meaning. Um, but we just forget what we were. Yeah. And we, and, and we forget that like, you don't, this is, it's undeserved. And so, you know, you and I've talked about, I think you already referenced it in this, in this conversation. You know, I, I distinctly remember uh, the first time encountering that phrase where, you know, somebody was talking about somebody else and the way they were living out the Christian life. So well, I don't think they were a very good Christian. Yeah. And like, you know, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Like they're not a very good Christian. Like how, how is it? you know, what, what is your definition of someone who is a very good Christian as, and if we're being honest, it's like, well, you know, somebody that's doing a good job at, you know, as I often say about doing gooder about right. being gooder, right? right. That I, I do a lot of the do's and I don't the don'ts and I'm, you know, I, I, I've kind of got my tally keeping well that like the, I, you know, I'm super humble and uh, you know, super gracious and all these things. And again, this is this is the beautiful also of the parable of the vineyard. I'm not trying to chase too many rabbits. No, here, no, it's but, great. But, but sometimes that's what happens where you know I've been a Christian for 70 years and I I gave 90 percent instead of 10 and you know I I did all these things uh, you know and then this person you know they got sick with cancer and they came to know the Lord and they died three months later and you know like they didn't even do anything. I don't think they ever gave. Like, that's not fair. And you're like, you're right. It's not. And you better be glad that it isn't. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Look, people look at, you know, you can come before God. Look, I come before God in the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. why did you intervene here? And why didn't you intervene there? Mm -hmm. And and it seems like a solid question. And, And people even have this idea that, like, you know, when they get to the pearly gates, they're going to call God to the carpet and ask him these questions. Right. You know, I, I, I would advise strongly against that. Um, I don't think you're going to get a chance to, to say your piece. Um, and if you do somehow get a chance, I think that you should not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. look, you, grace is what's offered and, and God is generous with his grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you can, you could look at, you could look at say, well, God dispensed grace here, and 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 He didn't intervene there, and I don't think that's fair, and mm-hmm. and and you'd be right that it is not fair for God to dispense His grace at all. 
So I wouldn't get too hung up on, you know, indiscrepancies in allocation, right? Because what it sounds like when, when you cry out for fairness, what you're crying out for is justice. Yes. And if you're crying out for justice, then what you're asking for is judgment. And if you're asking for judgment, then you are inviting the punishment that you deserve, which is, uh, you know, kind of more going back into our Romans thing, uh, all fallen short of the glory of God. And then we also learn in Romans that the wages of sin is death. That's right. And so be careful what you wish for, because uh, I promise you, fairness is not your jam. Right. See, and again, it's because we get so focused on our own goodness, right? And we were talking about this, I think, beforehand. If I've said it, if I already said it in this conversation, I apologize, but here it is again. You think of one of the times when Jesus was giving the Pharisees a hard time. And the problem that the Pharisees had was they had become so focused on being holy, so focused on being completely other from the world that they lost their influence. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jesus says to them, like, yeah, you, you tithe from your spice rack. Like, congratulations, but you've lost the more important areas of mercy and grace. And sometimes that's what happens with us, too. Again, we get so focused on our own goodness that we, and so we become hypocritical. And we can't, like, you you can't measure the standard. Like, you talked about, like, when you call out for, you know, for God's justice. It's not what you, I, I, I I just got to tell this story real quick because it made me think of it when you said it. You know, I can remember one time just visiting my grandfather. And the mosquitoes were out. And I was like, oh, man. I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why the mosquitoes? And I remember Gramps saying that, you know, it was Job that, you know, had questions for God. And he said, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? And who said to the waves this far and no further? And who shuts up the, you know, storehouses of snow and tells the light, sends the lightning bolts on their way? And I kind of went, yeah. And Gramps said, Maybe you should save your questions. See, it's funny. Like <laughs> you, know? you and I do this often. I remember that encounter, but I remember it as I had said. Oh, there you go. Well, so, it could be a could be a borrowed memory, but it, it we can both be. agree it was Gramp that said. Oh, it, it was Gramp who said. Yeah, he said yeah, I'd be real yeah. quiet and I'd save my questions. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's a good word. You know, uh, just a, a side note on this. I just I just want to point out, and I'm kind of pivoting hard here. And and look, sometimes preachers are not good meditators. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Because we look at the scripture and we're like, oh, I just want to like parse this all out. Like I want to like, you know, use my word tools and, and just do all these geeky things. And, yeah, you know, sometimes we let that bubble up too much to the surface. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I know I've I've gone too Greek in uh, mm-hmm. in things before and I'm, I'm not getting Greek here. But, you know, just in case somebody is, is hearing this, they say, well, it says for everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. But then. I think it was a few weeks ago we mentioned in Matthew seven, where it Mm -hmm. says not everyone who says Lord, Lord, right. will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so this is where, again, just plucking one verse out of the middle, you know, a uh, opponent of the word will say, would say, ha, see your Bible contradicts itself. Mm -hmm. And again, why it's so important. Ah, even in meditation, maybe to a certain extent where you take the pretext and you take the post text and you Mm -hmm. appreciate the context Mm-hmm. of what's being saved here. And again, you you kind of parse that out at the beginning here of, of what's going on. Um, this is people who are calling on the name of the Lord, who are claiming God's grace. That's they right. Are, they're calling on the name of the Lord, their Lord, who they have mm-hmm. made Lord, mm-hmm. right? And where uh, in Matthew 7, it's saying, not just because you say, oh Lord, now at the very last, you know, when judgment is coming, 
Oh, now now you can be Lord. Uh, oh, God's look. grace, God's grace is available now. Uh, claim it now. This in, side. in that in that context, I mean, look, the people who said Lord, Lord, they said like, you know, didn't we do all these things? Didn't we do many mighty works in your name? I can't say that, mm. you know. But again, it's the one. Again, I, these are also ones that were saying Lord, but just living off their own goodness. Mm. You know, because saying like, hey, we did all these things. And whether, you know, you've done many mighty works in his name or you've done a work, whatever you're doing in his name, when you're connected to him. Again, the understanding is that it's by grace that we're saved. That it's by the work of Jesus, not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is and what he's done. Your goodness is insufficient, but the Lord declares my grace is sufficient. Absolutely. And so, well, look, man, we're, at the time we're recording this, it's uh, it's just about noon. And uh, so I think what we should do is just say grace. <laughs> oh, boy. Right, I, and, and, and honestly, man. You lead us, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray. Maybe, maybe you are getting ready to eat. But so we'll give thanks to the Lord for his grace in all areas. So I, I think that's a, that's, I don't know if it's a fitting place to land, but that's where we're going to land. Yeah, we're going to land there. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are God. You are good, and we are so thankful today that your grace is enough. Mm. Uh, Lord, we're reminded that if the only thing that we could give you thanks for was your salvation, we would still be forever in your debt because of the grace and mercy that you've shown, and yet your blessings are abundant. Uh, we we know, Lord, you've been gracious to us, even insofar that we are able to have this conversation in this manner. Uh, that people are able to listen in, that we've got the technology to talk to each other in our, our homes and from our churches and a place where it's winter and it's cold outside, but we're safe and warm inside. Lord, your your grace is so abundant. Your grace is so amazing. And it's it's not cliche. It's, it's true. And so, Lord, uh, again, we're grateful for this time we can spend together. I pray that as we meditate on your grace today, that we would feel, uh, that we feel light, that we would just bask in the forgiveness that we have that it's not this pressure that we have to somehow uh, earn it or be good enough, Lord, but that you've already done everything. And so we thank you for that and give you praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right on. Well, Dan, thank you for that uh, prayer of grace. And I pray that uh, the Lord would bless it to our body's use, as we often say. That's it in that all right well go and go in his grace go and be useful and uh you know it'd be great if you came back and listen to another one sometime let's give it a try <laughs>